Cape Talk. Hiking with Tim Lundy. Indeed, uh, we are four minutes late. My apologies, uh, Tim Lundy. Good evening. Welcome. Yeah, good evening to you. <laughs> Tim is on the show every Thursday and we talk matters, all matters hiking. And of course, uh, Tim is a qualified mountain guide. Uh, tonight, uh, Tim, our topic is leadership on hikes. But before we get to that, yeah. uh, let's uh, do some uh, rescue and safety recaps. Yeah, so on the rescue side of things, it was just one rescue, some lost uh, hikers. And um, I was actually on the mountain this week explaining to people that uh, when they get to intersections, there are a lot of intersections, on, especially on the back table, um, when you get to them, you'll see these sort of cylindrical um, stone... Uh, don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's a stone sort of... Uh, marker. Marker kind of thing in the middle of the... And um, it, it's got numbers on it. It's got like a, a map of the area. And um, when you look at the bottom of that, you'll see a little number. It's either uh, what we call the hub number. And it'll show you are here and it'll give you the number. Okay. And so when, when you get to one of those, if you are lost, if you see that number, you then when you phone in to say to the um, the call center, look, I'm lost, they will ask you if you're at one of those hubs. Right. And if right. you are, then we know exactly where you are and we know how to come and get you. So it, it um, saves saves time. Yeah, very interesting and and it's, it's clever. Uh, yeah, it's clever. No, it is. Um, it is and it, very effective because we have used it quite a lot. Where we we tell people if they aren't at one of them to go to one of those if they mm. they're not too far away, mm. they'll they'll be told go to that, give us the number of it, yeah, and then phone back and and say right this is where it is and then we know right exactly. Uh, apart from this radio show, how else are you uh, informing the broader the broader public, uh, the hiking public out there about um, the system? About the system, well, I do on, on Facebook, on my, my hiking group, um, Twitter from time to time, try and put out emergency numbers and just let people know. Um, at the moment, I'm getting quite a lot of calls about Newlands Forest. Right. Um, if it is safe to return to Newlands Forest, because as we know, a month or so ago, there were those attacks. And and is it? Since then, there haven't been any attacks. Um I'm definitely not going to say go for it. It's completely 100% mm. safe because mm. I don't know that. I can't. Um, but what I do know is that there hasn't been anything happening there and that the authorities mm. are in the area. They are patrolling. Yeah. Um, so from that point of view, if you want to go into the area, just know that there are patrollers. Right. Um, and if you don't come across any, then you know let, let, let us know or let the authorities yeah. know yeah. that you want to see them in, in the area more. Mm. I do remember listening to an interview earlier during the week uh, with the spokesperson from the Table Mountain National Park um, uh, talking about safety issues on in, in the park itself yeah. and how they're collaborating and working on strategies with police, uh, with volunteers, yeah. um, with people who are manning certain entrances, especially to uh, what is known as hotspot areas. So, Correct, so there, yeah. there, there, is, there, there is a comprehensive plan in place uh, to deal with, with any security risks. Exactly. So they are definitely... Um, we are talking and everyone is sitting down at the table. Is everybody agreeing? From time to time they are. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes things happen a little bit slower. But the point is that things are starting to happen. Um, mm -hmm. The pressure is being put on because we do realize, and I think tourism realizes, that we can't carry on with it the way it is currently. It needs to be policed and it needs to be sorted out and a strategy needs to to come up and so the, 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 the i think the right kind of people that can make that kind of thing happen 
are sitting down, they are having those very difficult conversations because they are difficult. Where do we start? Mm. You know, what what do we do to to keep people safe? The mountains are a huge, huge place, and to try and be everywhere at the same time is very, very difficult. So it, it's trying to be one step ahead of these guys. It's difficult, but there are plans and stuff in place, um, which is is great to know that finally things are starting to, right. to happen and and it's starting to be taken seriously yeah. because too many lives have already been lost. Absolutely. It is 20 minutes before 10 o'clock on Evening Talk. It's uh, Jeremy van Veek with you um, on the show through until 11 p.m. tonight. Uh, and we're chatting um, hiking. It's uh, our hiking with Tim Landy feature. And it happens uh, every Thursday evening on Evening Talk uh, from uh, 9.30. The lines are open if you have any questions for Tim this evening on 021-446-0567. You can also send us a text or WhatsApp voice note to uh, 072-567-1567 or you can also send us uh, an SMS on 31567 or tweet the show at Cape Talk. So uh, we are, we've spoken about the rescue recap. We've uh, looked at safety yeah. right now. Um, tonight's topic really is about leadership on hikes and I would imagine that is very, very important. Absolutely. Um and and too often there isn't proper leadership, um, which which can lead to problems. Um, so yeah, having having proper leadership is is very important when you when you're out in the mountains. Right. Um, not just because if something goes wrong, but you know if if bad weather comes in or a decision needs to be made or somebody falls ill, they want to turn back. What do you do as a leader? Do you decide to split the party up? Don't you? you know, you've You've got to have somebody that's got to kind of make that final push, that final decision that's best for the group, right. not just for the leader or for the person that is. Because when, when, when one person gets into, into trouble on the mountain in a group, the whole group gets into trouble. Right. And it really talks about the different kinds of roles uh, that uh, a hike leader has yeah. uh, to perform uh, when he's taking out a group of people or she. Yeah, so I mean, your first role is as a carer for, for that group. Um, to to oversee what what is going to happen with that group and and to basically help out and and to be kind of the expert or to be the person the go to person when things may or may not go wrong. Um, yeah, people people want to know what to do. Um, you know, you get to accident scenes and things like that where there's got to be somebody that's got to take control. Right. And it's not an easy role. Not, I don't believe everybody can do it. I think it's a, yeah. it's a very tough role. So, so it, it brings me to the next question, Tim. Uh, in terms of what if I decide with Walid and Tabo and Brett, we're going to go hiking up the mountain. Um, how do we get to decide who, who leads this hike? Uh, what wh- are we just going up there for recreational purposes and, and we're not doing it as a serious hike? Well, what what I, would I, you suggest we do? I think in your case it would probably be rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think as a group, as a group, you have to kind of decide who who's um, going to take on that role. Yeah. Uh, Look, it's a, it sounds like a very naive and silly question, but but this is what people do. This is what we do yeah. uh, when we decide on a Sunday morning. Listen, as a group, we're getting together at five o'clock and we're taking a walk up the mountain. Yeah, the thing is, when you when you do step into that role, then the others that have kind of nominated you or you've been nominated, 
you have got to realize that if a decision has to be made, and sometimes it can be a very, very tough decision, that you're going to be the final say as to what's going to happen with that group, um, which is best for that group. So when choosing who your leader is going to be, you, you need to kind of all sort of think down, think carefully about it. Don't don't just mm. don't do rock paper scissors whatever you do. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> uh, we have a WhatsApp message coming in. Hi, please ask Tim where's the best hike for a 150 kg overweight male. Where is the best hike? Um, well, for somebody like that, I would say if they're not obviously a regular hiker, then I would say try the level areas first, get the fitness levels up, um, do something that you're comfortable doing. Don't try and take on lion's head, whatever you do, um, because you're going to come very short very quickly because your your fitness level just won't be at that level at that point. Not to say that it won't ever be at that level. You should strive to be at that level. Um, so things like walking on the promenade, um, just getting getting the heart rate going and and getting breathing going, and just slowly but surely, you know, yeah. get get back into it and and every week sort of step it up just a little bit, and just do a little bit further distance and mm. then you know start gradually putting um, a backpack on with a little bit more weight on it, and as you feel, sort of monitor it as you go as to how your weight loss is going and how your fitness level is going up. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a question I asked uh, someone today who is an avid hiker um, on the mountains here. And I said, you know, I'm uh, what I do is I work, I sleep, I eat, I work, I sleep, I eat, because that's the nature of the business. But I want to start switching that up during the summer in terms of becoming more active and going on hiking trails. Yeah. Um, but I also have a concern that... Uh, Am I fit enough and will I be able to cope with uh, hiking on a mountain, for instance? Yeah, look, I mean, I took a group on Tuesday um, up quite a, a strenuous route and started out. They were, as usual, I was the one at the back. They were all taking off, charging off. And by the time we were halfway up, I was the one in the front and they were the ones at the back. But then as the leader, I had to monitor that group because now as we start going the different fitness levels start determining where you're going to be in that group right so the really fit trail runner guy was right at the front and i can't be everywhere at the same time so i have to now monitor who needs me most and the chap who was at the back who was taking a bit of strain he needed me most and so i basically decided right let me go to the back, and if anything were to happen in the front, then at least I can, I'll come across them still. Whereas if I'm in the front and the chap at the back right. started having problems, I'm not going to know about it until mm. somebody eventually catches up and, and says, look, we've got a problem, the guys, you've now got to turn around and go all the way back again. Right. So, yeah, in, in with, with leading hikes like that, you've got, to, you've got to really constantly, I mean, for me, it's, it's very much a, a constant job from start to finish. I'm constantly doing head counts. I'm constantly watching how speech, you know, how their, their attitude is. Um, you know, there were about three or four people halfway up Castile's Port the other day where I made a joke with them. I said, Tim, you've all kind of left your sense of humor at the bottom of the hill because <laughs> you're not finding things so funny anymore. <laughs> and it got them to laugh and, um, yeah, it just it kind of breaks the ice a little bit right. instead of lifts them roll a bit and they kind of yeah. joke about it and then they forget that they are um, battling for breath <laughs> and almost at the top. 
<laughs> We're in conversation with uh, qualified mountain guide uh, Tim Landy. The feature is hiking with uh, Tim Landy. And uh, we're talking about leadership on hikes. And as you can hear, the leadership role is a very important role. Like I suppose in, in, in anything you do, uh, you need to have um, proper leadership, responsible leadership. Uh, more so when you're out in nature because things change, uh, conditions change very quickly. Exactly. And, um, you know, when I joined Rescue, one of the reasons I joined, in fact, the main reason that I joined Rescue was that if I was going to be a mountain guide and I was going to be guiding people, I needed to have that confidence of being a leader. I needed to have that confidence that if something were to go wrong, that I was going to be able to cope with it and that there wouldn't be, I wouldn't stress, I wouldn't panic. And because, you know, when, when things do go wrong and they have gone wrong in the yeah. past, but somebody's banged their head, Immediately, that whole group turns around and you just feel the spotlight on you straight away because you're the leader. They mm. want to know, what do we do? And if you start panicking and, and having a wobbly, yeah. it really doesn't look <laughs> no, good. No, 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 of course not. So you've got, to, you've, you've got to kind of keep them reassured and calm as well as try and treat the patient. And I say patient because they're no longer the... Mm. You know that they've become a patient. You need right. to you need to patch them up, and you need to also look at how it's going to affect the rest of the group, and what we do, and and solve the problem as quickly and as effectively as possible, mm. um, and just keep reassuring, and then move on, and and if need be, change plans, and but whatever you do, change the plans which is best for the group. Okay, I have uh, an SMS coming in, and the person did not. Uh, it's Attach the name here. Um, it says uh, for the 150 kg guy, also look at green belts to start. I was 140 kgs, now under 100. Uh, from hiking, start slow and short and gradually build. Um, I now do uh, plus minus 20 kilometer hikes regularly. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's absolutely start. And I, I'm going to plug myself here because I wrote the book. Um, uh, family walks around Cape Town, and that's that's what they are. They are um, walks that are in green belts, and and a lot of them are on flats. They they are meant for for people who want to start hiking. Mm-hmm. They're meant for kids um, that are sort of six, seven years old and want to go walking with granddad um, and and the grandparents that they can't quite do the pace that they used to do, but they still want to be out in the open. And there's no reason why you can't just, you know, Cape Town has got so many. When I first looked at writing the book, I came up with 40 different routes Mm -hmm. that were potential. I eventually cut it down to 30 um, because the other 10 just didn't quite, there was something about them that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't fit in with, with what I was trying to go with. But yeah, do walk on the beach. You know, walk walk from one end of the beach to the other. We have we are so spoiled in Cape Town for for choice yeah. with this kind of thing that we really just don't have any excuse. You know, um go out and enjoy it and, and have fun and it, it's really just get to the point of just do it. Just exactly. do it. Just do it. Yeah. And but you know, when you do it, I think this is the important thing, the very important thing. Don't do it to get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Because then you're doing it for the wrong reason, in my opinion. Do it because you want to be out there and you want to see things that you... So if you need to stop, stop. I'm a big one for stopping on hikes and just taking in everything around you. Because you walk 50 meters and then you stop again, you look around, everything has completely changed. 
I'm not suggesting stop every 50 meters because <laughs> it'll take forever <laughs> to finish the hike. <laughs> um, but I, on, again, on Tuesday with this chap who was, he was struggling a bit. Mm. And I just said to him, look, take your time. Like, we mm. will go at your pace and we will get, we will get this done. We don't worry about the end goal. That's just the, the prize at the end of it. But you know what? Turn around. Look, look at the view. And this guy was just, he couldn't stop taking photographs, which was mm. great. Yeah. And it took his mind off getting to the, to the end. Sure. Uh, we have a voice note in for you, Tim. Let's uh, take a quick listen. Good evening, guys. Thanks for a great show. Just want to ask, please, about heading ascension and where can I get some maps or some directions as to how to summit Table Mountain via heading ascension. It's a, a route that I'd really, really like to do. Um, quite fit. I've done pretty much all the other routes in the mountain and that's the one route that I really, really want to get under my belt. Um, before I move out of the province in December. Thanks very much. Yeah, mm. so heading ascension is, is one of those that um, I haven't personally done. I know lots of people that have done it. Um, but what I can say is go to one of the um, outdoor stores and go and get Slingsby's maps. He'll have one of the maps of, you get the one of Table Mountain, and they've got uh, the heading ascension. Um, Tony Lawrence also has written a book. Um, on those kind of walks and and yeah, I can highly recommend. Okay. He's a great guy and and has written some great great books on those kind of hikes. Okay, uh, my guest is uh, Tim Lundy. The feature the feature is uh, hiking with Tim Lundy every um, Thursday evening, round about nine thirty, right here on Evening Talk uh, on Cape Talk. My name is Jeremy, and I'm with you until eleven o'clock tonight. Um, as a hike leader, what do you enjoy about the job most, Tim? Oh, what do I enjoy about the job most? <laughs> is it a job? <laughs> it is. Essentially, it is a job. It's uh, you, you. Look, you'll still be enjoying the walk, and you still you do learn to kind of let your head down a little bit, but you're always kind of on duty, watching what the rest of the group are doing. I don't know. That's just personally what I do. Um, where I, I do the head counts. What I enjoy about it most is being able to take people out into the wilderness show them the wilderness and bring them back safely and have them experience and, and see what, what I've what I've been able to mm. show them. I think for me that's the, the best part about being a leader. And what what is not the best part? What do you dislike about it? The <laughs> the, the, the the constant um having to um just monitor all the time and, and be on your guard all the time. Um yeah, I mean, I don't dislike it that much, but mm-hmm. it, it is, it's nice when I don't have to be the leader. Sometimes it's nice to just be the follower. Right. And just to, mm-hmm. to be actually hand the reins over to somebody else and say, like, you lead the hike and yeah. you worry about all the different things that so you need to worry about. Okay. So, uh, to all the potential, um, hike leaders out there, uh, give us your top three tips. Definitely go and get experience. Um, watch what other leaders do and, and, and learn from, you know, because not all leaders are good leaders. Sometimes they will do things that you're not going to agree with. Um, take that into account and just don't do it. Um, and and just, fo- yeah, follow what they do and, and make sure that you take the best out of it and just be a good leader, you know, yeah. just, just go out and, but enjoy it. Yeah. I think the, the most important thing is, 
is enjoy being out there and showing people mm. what there is. But but also understanding the the, the serious nature of what, what what you are busy doing. It, it yeah. can be dangerous. Appreciating that and balancing it with uh, the enjoyment factor. Look, there's there's also the, the the one thing I can say is that anybody can lead a hike, mm. but not everyone can be a hike leader. Right. Um, anybody can kind of take the reins, but whether they know how to hence control my the horses or not. Hence my, my, hence my question earlier. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you've got to, and I think becoming a hike leader does take experience. You don't, you don't just jump into it. You've got to learn the sort of do's and don'ts of, you've got to be firm but fair. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to, you've got to kind of, um, don't be too bossy. Don't be the kind of leader where people go, I don't want to go hiking with him anymore because he's too, tells us what we can and can't do all the time. Yeah. But also don't let people start throwing rocks on the mountain and just of course. be silly and yeah. throwing rubbish. And they've got to kind of know where the rules and regulations are in okay. terms of good leadership. Tim, we're going to have to leave it there. How do people contact you? So they can contact me on Facebook, on which is my hiking group. It's Cape Town Hiking with Tim Lundy. They can get me on Twitter at hiking Cape Town or at Glam Trails, and then on Instagram it's Cape Town Hiking or Glam Trails. And if they want to email me, if they want a, a guided hike um, for corporates at this time of the year, which is always a, a favourite, it's Tim at Cape Town Hiking. Tim at Cape Town Hiking. Tim Lundy, thank you so much. As usual, yeah. a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, thanks a lot.